Before we start the show, I just wanted to reach out and say that if you are loving listening to The Truth Prescription as much as we are loving making it, please subscribe to the podcast. Hit that subscribe button. Rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and iHeartRadio, to name a few. And come check us out at www.thetruthprescription.com to get more insights and info, because the truth will set you free if you let it. Our thoughts are just thoughts. They dissipate. If we don't give them any power, they go away. Yeah. And so when you learn how to cut cords and forgive yourself for the way you've been looking at certain things, then it'll rise up to a higher level and you'll feel good again. Gentlemen and ladies, brothers and sisters, people, whoever you are and wherever you are, welcome to the Truth Prescription Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sekou Gavis, and each week I interview successful people from around the world and discuss how accepting the truth can propel your career and help you live a life of gusto and purpose. No mantras, no gimmicks, just the truth. So close your eyes and open your ears, and let's get into this. Come on. Good people. Welcome to the True Prescription Pod. I don't know what that intro people. Anyway, welcome to the True Prescription Podcast. Today I had the pleasure of interviewing Miss Belinda Farrell. As you'll hear in the interview, Belinda has lived a very colorful life. She's done a lot of different things. Currently, she's a healing practitioner, um, primarily using Huna healing, which we'll, we'll, we'll get into in the interview, and also hypnotherapy. For her truth, she got down and she was honest that what she realized, the truth that she was ignoring, is that she had a false belief that she needed external love and external support in order to survive that it was something that was scarce and she consequently chose partners and chose situations that represented or or i mean she was a self-fulfilling prophecy right they represented that scarcity of love or represented that scarcity of income for her and it took a really a spinal uh, injury and almost having to have surgery for her to see this she talked about how she recovered emotionally from her son's suicide and in addition to her son killing himself, she lost all of her money. I mean, all, I mean, zero in a bank, in the bank account through a Ponzi scheme. We got into the power of, of acting, right? The dramatic arts. Yes. Acting like Denzel acting and how it can help folks heal from, from trauma. Finally, one of the things that I think was really important peppered throughout our conversation was four things you can say to yourself every day that can help get you unstuck and break the chains of negative emotions. I love you. I'm sorry. I forgive you. And thank you. In that order. I won't give it away, but at the end, we get into something really special, a nice little treat for, for you to take with you. Because in this uh, time that we're currently in, not only from COVID, but because of the anger and the rage over the multitude of black men and women that have been killed at the hand of police. Our country is dealing with, with some trauma, some emotional trauma. At the end of the episode, we give a little, a little nice gift uh, to help with that. So close your eyes and open your ears and uh, let's get into it. 
Good people, welcome back to another episode of the Truth Prescription Podcast. I'm your humble host, Dr. Sekou Gathers, and really happy today to be able to interview Miss Belinda Farrell. Hello, Miss Farrell. Aloha. Aloha, so that's right. Here. <laughs> one thing I didn't tell you in our little uh, intro talk was that uh, Kauai is one of my favorite places <gasps> on the planet. I had a, a, an opportunity to actually live in Honolulu in, 19, in 2002 for a month. And then probably four or five years later, visited Kauai um, for a few days. And it's just, it's paradise. So, you know, I know you have that, that, that Hawaii connection. That's right. And Kauai symbolically stands for your third eye awakening. Mm. There are seven chakras in the body and there's seven islands and Kauai represents your third eye. Wow. So... Because you're drawn to that, you're also drawn to third eye opening. Yes. Just FYI. <laughs> well, for people listening, I just did a, a connect with your pineal gland meditation on Inside Timer app. Oh, so you guys can you go, go listen to that. Yes, in, in line with, with what you're saying. The pineal gland is is the third, essentially the third eye. And, and that chakra that she's discussing is the energy that, that, it, uh, that it emanates. Mrs. Farrell is very interesting. She's had a... <laughs> She's had a very interesting life. I don't know if you know this, Belinda, but in the African-American community, we have this joke about Caribbeans that they have 14 jobs. And that came from this show that that, that was on in the 90s called Living Color. And when I looked at your, I your, I read your profile, I was like, she's like a Jamaican. I mean, she's, she was, <laughs> she's a stunt car driver. She's a news reporter. Mm-hmm. She worked as, a, as Snow White at Disney. She worked in politics for a while. She was an actress with like an actual IMDb page, you know, and now yeah. you're a, a therapist, right? So, yeah. <laughs> so you've done a lot. <laughs> And I teach people how to swim with the dolphins yes. and I'm a chanter. Yes, yes. We're all these things. We, we wear many hats. But as Belinda comes to us today, um, she is a, a healing practitioner of many modalities. Uh, she uses NLP. She uses HUNA, uh, reconnective healing and, and hypnotherapy, all of which I'm sure we'll touch on. So, Belinda, why don't we get right into the truth prescription? I'll give a brief description of what that is for those who are new listeners. Um, what I found in my life and the lives of the people that I interview is that we often ignore truth for a long time. And what happens is when we actually accept the truth about something either within us or outside of us, we have these mini breakthroughs. And each day as you go, as you can accept more and more truth about yourself and about your surroundings, you just find this magnificent, magnanimous freedom that occurs and you find the things start to flow in your life. And so that's why I call the show The Truth Prescription. So, Belinda, mm-hmm. for you, in your life, can you give us an example? Tell us a story. You're a story. You're a writer, so I know you're a storyteller. Give us a story about something that, that occurred where maybe there was a truth you were ignoring and once you accepted it, you had a breakthrough. Well, I had back trouble and I was driving race cars and I was living in the danger zone because I was an <laughs> adrenaline junkie. Yeah. And I didn't realize that I was jeopardizing my spine. And finally, my spine just collapsed. I could, it wouldn't support me. I couldn't stand, couldn't sit, couldn't walk. And I was confined to my bed and I had no insurance. My insurance wow. had been dropped. Wow. So the doctor said, you're not going to walk again unless you have surgery. And I had been studying these ancient healing techniques in Hawaii. And I thought, I can't have surgery. I have to see if this stuff really works. 
So I started to really just listen and to go inside. And I realized what I had been saying most of my life to myself, which my spine was was following, was that I can't be supported. Mm. I can't be supported. I have to have somebody else support me. And that money is scarce. My family had grown up through the depression. And so unconsciously, you start to, to take on this stuff by yourself. And then your unconscious mind, which runs your body, listens to that. And my spine finally collapsed. It did mm. exactly what I told it to do. It didn't support me anymore. Yeah. So I had to reframe myself and say, thank you for remembering to support me. Thank you for regenerating. And it was like a computer that's going, yeah, regenerating, yeah, regenerating. <laughs> and it started to do that. And then as I'm breathing, I'm allowing these, these memories to come up from wherever they were deep down into the unconscious. And what came up was, um, oh, I, I still can't even think about it now. Mm. There was a little baby that was thrown out into the universe like a piece of garbage. And she was darting all these comets and asteroids, and it was just—it was just frightening. If you can imagine a baby trying to get through, and all these rocks and stones coming at her, and then all of a sudden she was picked up and put in the arms of this divine being, and I felt safe for the first time. And it was as though when I finally came to, and I was sweating and in a pool of sweat in my bed. I called my mother and I said, you've got to tell me about my birth. And she finally admitted that I had been taken to three abortion clinics to get rid of the baby. Mm. So this baby registered the fact that she was just garbage, just thrown out from the desire to be aborted. Mm. And I made it. You know, I didn't get aborted. <laughs> I made it. And so the healing just began to take really rapid growth. And I started to see myself climbing trees. You have to have a strong back to climb trees. Within three days of experiencing that, that image, that dream, that whatever that was inside my body, my back completely healed. Mm. And I went, I went to, sh to show the doctors and they couldn't believe it because even the scoliosis that I had been born with had disappeared. My spine, I was given a brand new spine. So I had been all my life trying to earn love from other people on the outside and realized that I had to find that love deep within myself. That's a profound truth to have to, to come to. So you were, you essentially realized that the whole time you had been ignoring that inside of you, there was this desire to not only get external support financially, but also external love. Yes you realize that that was the wrong prescription <laughs> yeah. and that you actually needed to sort of find it within. Quick question for you. What you described sounds very, this dream sounds very surreal. Was this like an ayahuasca or an LSD or a mushroom thing? Or this was just, yeah. this was just a natural, you took yourself to this place based on your intention. Is that what happened? Right. If you can breathe deeply through the unconscious, taking a deep breath, to the top of your head, like you're filling a glass of water, and then exhale, ha, it's like a ha breath. They call it a ha breath. And you do that for about 10 minutes. 
it will get you into a state of your unconscious opening up the box that has been trapped inside of you. That's the job of the unconscious is to hold these memories that you have until you get some clarity, until you want to put closure on them. So that's it's not the, the aha breath, it's the ha breath. It's, yeah, well, you can call it aha because that's you, what happens you're going after. Aha, oh, yeah, wow. Aha, oh, did I? <laughs> You have to be willing to let go and to allow the unconscious to bring up these things and for you to get closure on them. Yeah. You're a different person than you, who you were when that was formed. Yeah. And all of that stuff contributes to the darkness of your soul, the plaque of your soul. Yeah. So you want to clear it as much as you can, keep in the present time. Now, you obviously were able to do this on your own. You also work with people, right, as a as a practitioner, as a healer, to get through these types of traumas. You use a lot of different modalities, right? I named them in the beginning, LLP, HUNA, Reconnective uh, Healing, Hypnotherapy. Out of all those modalities, which one do you like the best? And, wh- and tell me, tell us why. Well, you know, when you're dealing with different people, they all have different modalities that they'll respond to. And if, if they want to, to heal, you have to want to heal. So we have to get into their unconscious mind. That's where change takes place. So hypnosis is one of the most effective ways of talking to the unconscious and having the unconscious accept the ways of change instead of the ego. The ego is going to block it. The ego doesn't want you to go there because it wants to keep in control. Right. You know, there are a lot of people that just can't stand losing their control. But if you go into the unconscious, that's the part that's running your body. Can you imagine what that part is doing? I mean, you don't tell your heart to beat, do you? No. And you're a doctor, so you know how the, the body works. It's done at the unconscious level. Yeah. As a matter so, of fact, the system that runs because the autonomic nervous system, auto, it just happens, auto, right? It yeah. just happens. But what you say to yourself is based on what the ego tells you the story is going to be, you know, and if you say a bad story, an angry story, then the unconscious mind will release a chemical that bruises your heart muscle right away. Mm. That's what the anger does. If you get sad or you feel guilty, it lowers your immune system. So there's consequences of all your emotions. And so as a practitioner, you want to learn how to be buddies with the conscious mind and the unconscious mind so they can work together. And the conscious mind can say, okay, Dr. G, time to take a deep breath. (sighs) Ah. (laughs) Right, Right. let it out. And that's that's a hot breath. And so, I mean, how do we laugh? We go, (laughs) ha, 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 ha. I mean, it's... It really is the key to our well-being is taking these ha breaths. And if you do them concurrently for 10 minutes at a time or 15 minutes, you'll draw all this stuff up and you might get revealed some secrets that you didn't even know were there. Right. Just so you can have closure and just let them go. And that's the most powerful. And then people start healing. I had a vet, war veteran that I did a session with over the phone and he had a lot of PS, PTSD. I guided him through this cord cutting process called Ho'oponopono. And it's also on a CD I have so people can do it on their own. 
But he said he got real angry for a while. It was just, it was just seething with anger. And then it just dissipated. It just exploded into nothing because that's all things are. Our thoughts are just thoughts. They dissipate. If we don't give them any power, they go away. Yeah. And so when you learn how to cut cords and forgive yourself for the way you've been looking at certain things, then it'll rise up to a higher level and you'll feel good again. He feels wonderful now. That's great. It's so freeing. Healing is so freeing. For those that are listening, I know you, you're listening to um, Belinda and hearing her, her knowledge. And you may be thinking, well, you know, that she's special or she's, she's, she's enlightened. <laughs> I want to tell you guys that some years ago, Belinda's son committed suicide. And she also was the victim of, of, a, of a Ponzi scheme where she lost all of her money, yeah. which are both losses, different types of losses, but both losses. How were you able to heal from those two situations? Oh, cut gosh, those that's cords. like the, the rug being pulled from under you and the yeah. house falling on top of you. You know, even all of the healing that I knew, grief is something that it's just this heavy anchor that you just kind of, I'm, I did so much for my son. My son saw me heal my back. He had back trouble, but he chose to have surgery. And the surgeries just, didn't work. Yeah. He was in pain. Easy and so pain. he was dependent on prescription drugs, on opiates. And that's what eventually how he took his life. Yeah. Because he couldn't stand the pain anymore. Because yeah. I, I could get him. It's hard. You can't heal your family. You just, it, it just doesn't work that way. They want to get the message from somebody else. Agreed. And as much as I tried, a friend of mine helped me out of the grief. I was cutting cords, but I still had all this heaviness on me. And the I had, grief of losing your son. Yes. Okay. And then I lost all my money at the same time, and I had to leave my house. I had to sell whatever I could to just get money to, to live. My daughter took me in. She had a place up above her, um, her duplex, so I moved in there, took care of my little grandson, who was at that time just, just starting to walk. And full of joy. Mm -hmm. So I say he saved my life because he would come up and expect his grandma, his Jima, to play with him. So <laughs> we had we had to play. Yeah. We were forced into playing. Yeah. Take you know, taking him to nursery school or doing whatever we did, go to the park. He really just saved my life. Yeah. And a friend of mine took me to see a movie called The The Matrix. What was it called? The Living Matrix with Bruce Lipton and Dr. Eric Pearl. And I thought, oh, this is just another healing blah, blah, blah. But anyway, I saw Dr. Pearl just do what was called reconnective healing on this little boy who had cerebral palsy. And he had been confined to a wheelchair and they had literally doctors had given up on him. And within three sessions of just pulling these frequencies, this little boy was able to get out of the wheelchair and go into the playground and play and hold a cup for this for the first time. It was just, I, I said, I have got to learn how to do this. So I came back home. I found a practitioner who would do a session on me. She didn't know a thing about me. She didn't know anything about my son, nothing about me. Within that half an hour, the grief was lifted. Yeah. It was like a blanket and it just it just came off. And I was 
just absolutely amazed, enthralled. Uh, I had my reconnection done. I went to Chicago and learned how to become a practitioner. And then I started doing these sessions for people. And I, again, you don't know what a person is going to get, but it, I, I think what it does is it reaches the higher self of someone. When you're open, it just goes in and heals the part of you that you need heal, healing. Okay. Could be mentally, yeah. could be emotionally, spiritually, or physically. Yeah, I was um, I was abused as a child. It took me a long time to heal from that. And even when I thought I was healed, I mean, I had yeah. a session, a healing session two months ago where all of this anger came out that I didn't even know was there. Yeah. But also with that, some compassion for the person that that did did this. So I, I'm mm-hmm. sharing that little tidbit to say, in addition to what you're saying, that Give for people that are listening, healing takes time. Um, be oh, patient yeah. with yourself, be loving with yourself. It's it's a process, man. And just when you think you're completely done with it, you have you may have a little you realize there's a little twinge there. But <laughs> with each step you get better and better. Tell the listeners a little bit about the process of, of reconnective healing. It's the first time hearing about it, but it sounds interesting. Well, just to go back to again it takes time for the healing to come up. As you, as you allow this stuff to come up, you can say to yourself during the day, the mantra, I'm sorry, I love you, I forgive you, thank you. Just those four phrases. I'm sorry, I love you, I forgive you, thank you. You're forgiving yourself for whatever that was that was buried deep inside of you. And you don't even have to know what it is for. You just say it and you'll feel 100% better. Mm. It's a cosmic eraser. And so I say that all during the day. If I feel sad about something, I don't know where it's coming from, but yeah. obviously the unconscious is pulling it up for me to deal with it. Yeah. When you're in session with people, though, doing this mm-hmm. type of healing, what, what is the process? Is there a process? No, there is no process. It's a, okay, it's a free. It's a free form. I'm Got really it. not doing so much the reconnective healing anymore since we went through this um, social. Uh, yes, but in, I mean, yeah. in the past when you were doing yeah. it, because we're gonna it'll come back again. Yeah, I hope so. But I'm I am doing a lot of the huna because okay. the huna once you learn it, it's all self healing, and so it's up to you to heal yourself. And if you're motivated. Whoa, that's a wonderful gift to give yourself. Yeah. Tell us a little about the, about the Huna. And Huna, come, it's, it's, it's from Hawaii, right? But right. Tell us a little it bit means, about... Uh, uh, before it you, before secret. It means secret. Before you talk secret. about it, I heard you say <laughs> this really beautiful thing in an interview that essentially when you're doing the Huna chanting, which you'll get into, you're following in the footsteps of thousands and thousands of other Huna healers in the past. It's almost like you're echoing their spirit as you speak. And I just thought that was so beautiful. You know, the, the idea of walking in someone's footsteps that, you know, you really hold this thing uh, at at a really holy place. And so that, I thought that was special, but you talk to, to the listeners a little bit about what Huna healing is. Well, when I chant, the chants are ancient and they're just absolutely perfection Hmm. in the way of how they touch your soul, but it's not just me chanting. It's the lineage of all the people, the chanters that came before me, Taneo Sands, Kumalai, Uncle George Naope. I mean, I could name a whole 
slew of these. And so it's not just my voice, it's their voice coming through because I don't sometimes recognize the voice that I'm using when I chant because it's not singing, it comes from the heart. So it is, there are powerful sounds. All we are are vibrations anyway. We're just a series of vibrational sounds and colors. So that's why the huna is so powerful because when you can reach that sound and it it just it's just amazing it just <laughs> dissipates <laughs> i get chills when i i mean i've been studying huna for 25 years mm. teaching it and passing it on there's certain symbols that are used and very powerful symbols that can change anything any kind of situation i'm trying to work on our our world as we speak and trying to do some healing work on that. And we can only yeah. do it one person at a time. Sure. So, and where, where does Huna originate? Well, it comes from the ancient Polynesians. There was a man, Max Freedom Long, who came over here in 1917. And he was going to be a teacher. And he observed these kahunas doing these amazing healings on people. And he thought, well, where's this written down? Where I want to know how to do this. Where, where's the book that shows you how to do nothing? There was nothing. So he proceeded to start writing about all of these amazing uh, healing practices. Stayed about 50 years. He was only going to stay a couple Ooh. of years. Wow. And without his work, I would never have learned about this. Sure. And it was outlawed for many, for a long time. The missionaries came over and they said, this is sorcery superstition. They put kahunas in jail. I would have been arrested for chanting mm. or doing anything with this process until the Religious Freedom Act came about in about 1976. And then it was okay to chant and do the hula again. Mm. I mean, all these things had been outlawed. Wow. You know how superstitions are born, don't you? Of course you do. Yeah. Well, one person lies and then it just keeps going. Keeps going and going. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. Okay. Let me ask you for the listeners, is there like something, I mean, you, you describe kind of how throughout your day, you, you, you sort of do some healing, some self-healing when things come up. Do you have a daily routine or, or some practice to keep yourself balanced? Take a bath every single night and I do my cord cutting. So I put myself down below. I put the whole day down below. I put what's going on in the world, the politics, the just the COVID. atrocities, all of the things that take away my power. Because you're only given, if you look at money, we're only given about a hundred bucks of energy a day. And if you spend it on emotional stuff, anger and hurt and sadness and all that, you you go into deficit. Yeah. You need to store that healing energy for when your body really needs it to fight off some silly virus, right? Right, right. You've got to have an immune system that builds up so that you don't get sick. Right. So that's, that's kind of where my thinking lies. I want to cut the cords and I want to preserve my energy so that I can use it when I really need it. Nice. Yeah, no, that's really great. One of the ways I also encourage people to manage their energy better is through nutrition and exercise, right? Because food is, right. is energy. Food is, has a certain vibration. If you eat a Big Mac, you know, nothing nothing against McDonald's, but if you eat a Big Mac, 
uh, versus if you have a, a salad, <laughs> right, with right. some protein sprinkled on it, you're going to feel differently. Your body's going to be able to process and actually get some energy from that food, right? Maybe give you Absolutely. $106 or $110, That's right? right? <laughs> Exercise also, and when you move the body, you energize it. And so those are also ways, in addition to what you're talking about, some of the emotional things that you can maintain your energy, because it's really about energy maintenance. It is. On a day-to-day basis. So, okay, fantastic. It is. And the emotions play such a big role, because if you use a lot of your emotional energy, you get tired. Yep. I mean, it's exhausting to be angry. It's exhausting <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to have sadness. You know, you go into depression. Yeah, frustrating. Frustration. Yeah. Right. Fear. Yeah. So I like to teach people how to cut cords and just to say those four words. They don't even have to know why they're saying them. They just say them because you're saying bad things to yourself all the time anyway. Yeah. You dummy. You, you're stupid. You're this. I used to have people come to me before a session with a sheet of paper telling me exactly what they're saying to themselves that they yeah. wouldn't say to anybody else. Yeah. And it was so much self-loathing. So much of that. Yeah. Tell me, tell us the four words again. I love you. Thank you. I'm sorry is the first one. I love you. I forgive you. Thank you. It's done. I love you. Thank you. I'm sorry. And I forgive you. I, first of all, I'm sorry. I love you. I forgive you. And then thank you is like the period. It is so be it. It is done. It's done. Okay. Yeah. That was important. I'm just taking some Yeah, and it's here. between you and your higher self. You and your higher self. The higher self forgives you for anything because you've never done anything wrong in the face of the higher self. You're you're just doing all this because your ego has told you you're bad, you're this, you're that. Look for love out there. Don't go inside. You know, it's relentless. Yeah, it is relentless. It is relentless. <laughs> ego is rough, man. It's a rough being. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but you know, it's it's also to quiet the ego is with food as well. The oh, ego absolutely, on absolutely. Drugs, alcohol, you know, sugar, all of that it pushes everything down. It, the, the, I call them the the great distractors: television, binging, alcohol in excess, food in excess, sex in excess, anything in excess to numb what you're feeling is you know right. is, is is the ego trying to protect itself. All right. Listen, let's jump into Yes or BS. At the what? The, the section of the show called Yes or BS. Oh, Yes or BS. Yes. Okay. Woo, you got me. <laughs> I'm going to make a statement and then you will say Yes or BS and then you can give your reasons why. Okay. Or not. Oh. If, if it's self-explanatory, then you don't need to say anything. Just say Yes or BS. All right. Ready? I was born ready. Born ready. I love it. No. <laughs> For the listeners, when we, before we recorded, I was like, are you ready? She's like, I was born ready. I'm like, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number one, finding joy is easy. Yes. For me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Well. I can look at a hummingbird and be joyful. Yeah. And I have hummingbirds outside my kitchen window. All the time I can, you know, I, I just, I'm very simple. I just love to laugh. I love to play. One thing I've learned for myself in my journey of the last probably years, how easy and quick it is once you make the decision to change 
you know, kind of like what you said with your grandson, I can imagine him like you being sort of in a funk and he come upstairs, hi, Gamma. And, you know, yeah. it just, <laughs> your everything changes. But what we yeah. need to understand is that we make that change. We think it's the outside, but we really decide, oh, we're going to make this change. And we have that same power when there is no outside, when there's nobody there. We can also, you know what, I'm going to make a decision. I want to change this. And you can do it through practice. You can do it. It's not impossible. All right. Number two. Oh, you'll like this one. <laughs> <laughs> acting. And when I say acting, I mean like television or film acting or performing on a play. Acting helps you connect to your spirit. Oh, I think that's so true. Yeah. It's great therapy. Yes. Acting's probably the best therapy. If Instead of going to a therapist, you should join an acting class yes. or an improv class. Yes. One, it's totally. one of the exercises in my book that will be coming out soon, but I encourage people to take up improv or just take an acting class. Because, oh, yeah, because you've got to have all that true. Yes. You know, the, the, the camera doesn't lie. Right. So right. It, doesn't it, put, it puts 10 pounds and it doesn't lie. <laughs> yeah. And if you're, if you're giving a false performance, it's going to know. When yeah. I went to acting, I went to Lee Strasberg for a year. And, <gasps> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh. And Can I touch the screen? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and at the time, I was maybe, I don't know, 39, 38, 39. But that was the first time in my life where I can, I can honestly say I would, had a sustained periods of truth and honesty through my communication, like performing. Yeah. It was amazing and fantastic and, and sort of got me on this journey I'm, I'm on now with the show. So I'm glad you agree with me wow. on that. Because I don't think most people understand, if you're not an actor, you don't understand. There's a place you have to go to be authentic that's so real that it is real, ultimately. It's dangerous. Yeah. We call it dangerous. It's like jumping off a bridge onto a freeway yeah. for just that moment. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Number three. Okay. Healing heals the healer. <laughs> Physician heal thyself. <laughs> healing heals the healer. Of course. Absolutely. We're all human. We're all in this together. Yeah. And I realized, yeah, that saying, physician, heal thyself. Yeah. So if I'm I'm trying to get other people to heal, I have to heal myself first. Yes, 100%. Yes. You can't be effective at certain types of healing if you haven't really worked on your own stuff. Cool. Number four, a chant is different than a prayer. A chant is a prayer. It's like a prayer. So that's BS. Yes, BS. <laughs> well, I wouldn't put it that harshly, but it's a, it's a like it's like a prayer. Okay. They are prayers because they're asking for darkness to leave and for the light to come in yeah. and put you in a state of protection. Okay. All right. Perfect. Yeah. That's the last one I have. And before I'm going to segue to something, but before we get into that, just tell the people how they can reach you. And where they can find out more information about you, about your books, if they want to do some some healings, some coaching with you, how can they how can they find you? I have a website and it's three W's, Huna Healing, H-U-N-A Healing.com. Okay. And on there is my telephone number and email address. And I do phone sessions. So if you're willing, 
I am the willing participant to help you open those doors. She's born ready. <laughs> born ready. <laughs> born ready. I All right. So. To end this this uh, episode, I'd like you to do a, a Huna chant that's okay. specific for people that are going go, gone through or going through trauma. I feel as though the country is going through a traumatic experience right now, not just with the racial unrest, but with dealing with COVID and all the permutations of that. I think we need some traumatic healing. So let's end this episode with a Ahuna okay. chant for healing. Okay. Take a deep breath. sign off as I always do. The truth will set you free if you let it. Mm-hmm.